Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hey guys, get your questions ready. Brian, go ahead and set the stage for Laurel, man. Laurel is absolutely amazing. I cannot tell you. She's been on my show twice on Success Profiles Radio, and uh, she was my 300th guest fairly recently. So she brought the house down. She was fantastic. Let me tell you a little bit about her. If you do not know who she is, this is going to be absolutely amazing. Laurel Langmeyer is uh, one of today's most visible and innovative money experts. And so she loves having conversations with people about money. It's not like any conversation about money you will ever hear. If you hear those people on CNBC talk about money, Laurel's conversation about money is not the same. You cannot listen to her and them at the same time. Your head will explode and you'll be infinitely confused. So don't do that. Laurel is only one of a handful of women in the world today who can claim the title of expert when it comes to financial matters and money. And she makes millionaires and she accelerates that conversation about money, not just about how to survive economically, but to succeed and thrive as well. She's the best-selling author of the Millionaire Maker series and Put More Cash in Your Pocket. She's a leading entrepreneurial speaker and CEO and founder of Live Out Loud, which is a multi-million dollar company. She's appeared on live stages and on television shows ranging from CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News Channel, Dr. Phil, and The View. She's been featured in articles uh, in USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Forbes Magazine, and was also featured in the movie The Secret. How many of you have seen The Secret or have read the book? It's absolutely amazing. And so we're waiting for Laurel to come back. So if you've got questions about money and how to make money and how to use your book to make money, have those questions ready. I like how this evolved in the last session. So if you've got questions along the way, I will try my very best to incorporate your question into this, this is the, the discussion. And if the question has to do with something she's talking about right now, it's a lot easier. But any questions about money, any questions about how she became an author would be fantastic. And so I just gave your, your bio, Laurel. So now they all know who you are. You are in Lake Tahoe. Is that right? I'm in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Do Nevada. you have snow? It is snowing as we speak. It's going to be a massive blizzard today. So Awesome. So do you wait until Thanksgiving to decorate or are you one of those that oh, no. after Halloween, you're all good? Thanksgiving is our, so we are full. We got a whole Christmas tree right back here. Yes, we saw that. Right that there. is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So we do that Thanksgiving thing and we start skiing and my daughter starts her ski race team this Saturday. So wow. we're off to a new season. It's awesome. That is awesome. Great. So uh, when we had Michael Drew on in the first session, we just let him present and our, our attendees would throw out random questions and I would try to incorporate those awesome. and try and work it in. So yeah, pretty free flowing. So um, no one has a question yet. I think they want to hear who you are and what, what you're doing. I told them to have their questions already about money, how you use your book to accumulate your financial success and how you're using that to build your business. I've heard you speak yep. a number of times. And I did tell them, you cannot listen to CNBC and then listen to you and expect it all to make sense. It doesn't work. Nope, it doesn't. So let's start with that. We'll start with the money conversation and I'll go to the author conversation. Because yes. my uncle helped with, uh, I have five New York Times. I've actually just contracted. I have a meeting right after this. I'm going to be writing another one that we'll head next year to the New York Times list again, possibly the Wall Street Journal. 
but it's called uh, the original name I was contracted is called the Marijuana Millionaires. Um, we're having to change that for marketing reasons to the Green Rush Millionaires. Yes. And uh, I'm heavily in the cannabis space now. So it's super exciting CBD oil and all the health stuff. But how I, um, I became a millionaire was in gas and oil and real estate. And like you said, Brian, like the conversation that I'm going to say, Susie, Ramsey, Bach, what we're just taught, right? We're taught that the only way to get money is get a job and then we'll maximize 401k and do all that crap. None of that is ever going to work basically to keep you small and stuck. And I teach you like, here's, here's what my theme, right? And you know this, Brian, is companies make money, individuals get taxed. So here we are at the end of the year. Absolutely critical. If you're going to save this year, meaning do it right. And stop, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting older and a little more frank about all this stuff, right? So I just say, if you're serious, you get incorporated. If you're not, then stay broke because there's no other way to make money besides inside a corporate structure, whether, you know, take a hobby, put in a company, get incorporated by the end of the year, you'll save the entire 2018 deduction schedule, get, you know, your Roth IRA set up. I mean, you can become a millionaire. Uh, it takes a long time. If you just put 5,500 into a Roth every year and invested at 10%. So we just have a very different conversation about, you know, companies make money, living in a corporate life, we call it, business deductions, and then investing off Wall Street. You know, so we do a lot of real estate, a lot of gas and oil. The cannabis I'm doing right now, Brian, it's uh, 23 acres in Cathedral City, 32 acres in Hawthorne, Nevada. Got nine licenses. We're putting greenhouses up right now. It's exciting. It's an exciting time. You know, so cool about being alive today is the dot comers got one run, and you know, in like 1990s, right? We three in one time. We get blockchain, which has been around forever, but finally that's getting promoted. Mm -hmm. Huge industry, cryptocurrency, digital currency. I'm going to call it and cannabis. You know, we're going to be in the era of seeing the uh, end of prohibition on uh, the marijuana. So yeah. it's an exciting time to be alive, get wealthy, do cool stuff. So, of course, I got to write books about it. Of course you do. So we had a comment from our listeners. Uh, we had Lewis who's saying that, you know, do you believe that money is a story that transmits energy and that many people have a horror story in their heads about money? I think the whole premise of that question being sometimes people are intimidated by money and sometimes we repel it or attract it based on how we think about money. Absolutely. And most people don't know about money. So that's why I exist. Money is just a transaction. Like what I love about digital currency, it's another forum for people to start understanding money. Like the biggest screw up around money is debt. Debt for wealthy people is one of the best tools we use. Like in my cannabis world right now, we have raised well over $3 million and it's all in debt. It's all in the form of convertible notes. So what that means is my partner and I owe over $3 million, right? And we use 0% cards to 100000 I mean, if people saw and, and they really understood how we use debt to make a lot of money, they would probably fall down, like you said, have horror stories. Because debt is just a cost of money, right? So if you can get money from a bank and do your car loan at 1% or 2%, get a house loan at 3 or 4%, and you know how to invest. This is the problem. Most people don't know how to invest. And because when we're investing, we're doing double digits. So why would you ever pay off debt when it's cheap, right? Mm-hmm. You go invest it, right? So you either have people pay you interest or you're paying interest. And I think to Lewis's point is instead of being scared about it, get educated about it. You know, and you've seen me speak, Brian. I, I yeah. say to people, like, how many times you, you go to the gym, you pay to go to college, you pay for so much crap, in your life, important stuff, but money is something you transact every day, all day long, right? Whether you're paying mortgage, rent, gas, groceries, you have to interact with money. So you can either 
blindly do it, which is how 90% of the planet lives, mm-hmm. or really learn about it, understand how it actually is a high value and you can use it for you know greater good. I would say mostly people are scared of it because they don't know about it. Yeah. And Rob is uh, telling us other people's money. So I, I just want to jump off of that because rich people use other people's money to get rich. They don't always use their own or they hardly ever use their own. Exactly. And the real question with most of us, right, is our conversations with each other is because we know how to use other people's money, which supports them to actually get wealthier um, because they don't know how to do it. We know how to do it. You know, our question and conversation is what do we do with our cash? We have a fair amount. We have, and we have a lot of access to it. Like yeah. it's hard when you know money, people will throw it at you. I mean, it's like, cause somebody, I call it park and pray in my books. Most people yeah. just park their money with the financial Institute, pray to God, somebody that took a, a class for two weeks and is a broker, right? Yeah. Usually they're broke just because they work at Schwab and Fidelity doesn't mean they know a damn thing about money. So right. you have to get responsible for it. In fact, one of the things we're doing right now is we're having a big game special. You know, I did a millionaire maker game with my millionaire maker book and we're really just pushing it for the holidays. Yeah. Put it at the kitchen table and don't take it down, play it for two or three weeks. Like take some time to get serious about understanding money and understanding how it can work for you and be a massive benefit in your life or be scared of it your whole life and stay broke your whole life. Yeah. (laughs) I know that you were a part of uh, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow game. And the whole premise behind that is you try and see how quickly you can get out of the rat race. Is your game similarly structured? Yes. And more advanced because cash flow is only one piece of becoming a millionaire. Mm -hmm. So there's a piece about debt, about building a business, about putting money away into investing right away. It's a little more advanced because it's about the whole millionaire structure. So the goal to win the game is to become a millionaire. So we do, uh, we do a lot of that. Yeah, absolutely. So Tamika is asking, uh, you know, we're so conditioned to eliminate debt. How do I use my current debt to work for me? Well, one of the gifts that we're going to give folks, so JustMetLaurel.com, I'm actually giving uh, folks a ticket to one of my workshops, my three-day yeah. workshop, which you know is a massive value. And I'm going to give folks the Millionaire Maker book, which is a digital copy. So in page 194 is how I teach you how to handle debt. So first of all, how you're taught about debt is completely wrong. And to pay off all your debt, if you can get it down to low interest rates, is ridiculous. And if you don't know how to do that, I have a whole team who can get you 0% cards. So transitioning your debt, and then you got to like, there's a whole system to it. So I have to know what you did yourself. And is it company debt? Or is it personal debt? Right. So like even buying a computer, like if you're in business, then that's a, that's a business expense. If you're just buying uh, some random, you know, clothing, then that's probably a personal expense. So first you have to organize your debt. Is it company debt or is it personal debt? Get it as low as you can. Ideally, we operate on zero interest credit cards. So I don't care if you spend a hundred thousand a month, as long as you pay it off on a month. The other thing about debt is if you can get cheap money, why pay it off? It's yeah. better for you to take, say, forty, fifty thousand dollars and get it to work. I mean, find a place to invest it. And this is where I think we come in in our communities. We have great deals. Like right now, we're doing a bunch of vacation rentals in the Ozarks. We're taking a whole team there. Our cannabis projects pay extremely well. So if you can find a way to put the money to work at 10, 12, 15, 20 percent, why would you pay off zero percent or even five percent debt? So don't be so worried about debt. I mean, what you need to be focused in, in shifting your energy is instead of worrying about debt, you know, get my book, like go to the link, get my Millionaire Maker book, go to page 194, and there's exactly how I would teach you how to get out of debt. Yeah. And then 
you guys contact us and we'll help you get other you know, proper credit cards and get that set, situated. But the bigger thing you need to be focused on is how do you make more money? Yeah. Why people have debt is because you know how to make money. So you, li- you blow through the money that you know how to make, usually a job, and then you put the rest of your life on a credit card. So instead of doing that, the answer to having a big life is make a hell of a lot of money. You yeah. say, well, I want to make money. Well, the workshop, you're guaranteed to make money. If you want to make money for over 15 years, and you know I do the workshop, Brian, you've been there. Yeah. Everyone makes money. I know how to teach you how to make money like that. Every one of you should be making money today. And let's go back to the kind of our topic at hand is pre-sell your book. We have a little bit more structure and we're going to turn into the year. But I can promise you by around January 10th or 15th, and I have some level of a month for my pub date to go you know, to a New York Times. I'm going to be pre-selling that book and I'll pre-sell. I mean, I'm not talking small thousands. I'm talking tens of thousands of books will be sold in a pre-sell, which means I'm going to have the money up front. Everybody will get a big webinar and bonuses, possibly even a trip out to see one of our facilities and hang out with us for a day. Yeah. So buying your book. So the way as an author, like you become a bestseller is you've got to stage and organize sales if you want to be an Amazon, it's got to be staged and organized in a day. If you want to be a New York Times, it's going to cost you about a quarter million dollars and you're going to stage and organize pre-sales. And then you say, well, how do I get people to pre-buy my book? It's not even out yet. You got to give them a heck of a lot of bonuses and really incent them and include them. I think what a lot of people do when they're writing books is, I, I, I won't name names, but it drives me crazy when I hear some of these other colleagues of mine go, oh, I'm going to go to Hawaii or go lock myself on a, a ranch and go write a book. I said, I'm not going to, I'm staying online. I'm going to ask people, so I'm writing a book on Green Rush Millionaires. What would you want to know if I'm going to write this book? Yeah. I just did this in the last two weeks. I focus group people. I say, so if I'm going to write a book about how to be a millionaire in the marijuana space or the CBD space, what do you want me to talk about? Because I could talk about a lot of stuff. And I use people's input to generate the chapters, to generate the input. And they feel like they're contributing. So guess what? They're going to buy. Yeah, that and that is brilliant. In fact, I sometimes just to kind of tangent off of that a little bit, when I work with my ghostwriting clients, for example, and I, I have my graphic designer design several covers, I will say, you know, my client might say, I like A better than B. I said, put them both on Facebook and make your audience vote. And sometimes they're very surprised. It's like, I would not have guessed people would have picked the other one. That's why you have them vote. And now they are interested and now they will probably buy just like what you just did. Awesome. That's fantastic. So let me ask you, you, you've got five New York Times bestsellers. I would imagine that your first book launch looked a lot different than your last one. What have you learned? What mistakes did you make that we can avoid? Oh my God. Um, I love that. I get that, I get that reaction from that. means I'm about to get some to laugh. here. You know, it's so fun. <laughs> I dug out, I, I stayed in my office late last night uh, up at the lake and I was digging through my file because we created a blueprint. So like yeah. I know from day one to launch date to four weeks after to 12 weeks after, like we have a calendar, we have a whole entire spreadsheet, like exactly what to do when and how to, to, the, to nail the bestseller. Like I would have died for that blueprint of my first one. I mean, totally. the first one, you kind of stumble around. I mean, and then the other thing too, here's what I would tell most authors is you better be as concerned and involved in the launch process and the post-launch process, meaning your job has just begun when that damn book hits the bookshelves. I mean, yes. you think you're tired and you hit a finish line because, oh my gosh, the book's on my bookshelves. You haven't even begun the game. Like marketing that book and strategically organizing around that book is as much, if not more work than writing the damn book. Yes. So I think too many authors, you know, I see them all the time. A, you don't have a goal in mind. 
And by the way, my New York Times book was after I had co-written or written upward of probably 10 or 15 other books. Right. So I did a lot of collaborative books, which I think a lot of beginning authors do. And then I did in 2004. I did uh, Gorilla Wealth with Jay Conrad Levinson. Right. And then I did a bunch with Mark Victor Hansen and Robert Allen. And then, you know, and I was around the Kiyosaki you know, camp, I'll call it, while they were doing their books. So I understood books. And honestly, falling in love with your content is ridiculous. I think the most heartbreaking books that I see, I pick them up. And if somebody wrote a story about themselves or their kid or some interesting cathartic thing that has no lessons for other people, and then they wonder why it doesn't sell. And so I think a couple of things get with some of us who know the process. I mean, believe me, it is a whirlwind process to go through. It's almost like having a whole second business is just building the book. I shouldn't say don't be concerned about the content, but involve other people in the content so you know you're co-writing it with people who are wanting to know what you have in your brain. Just like this. (laughs) You're in this book. (laughs) I've done a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's just kind of interesting how how misguided I think people are around when it comes to a book. And I want to talk just about books and money. Yes. So a book is a damn good brochure. Yeah. I think what's interesting now, because I hired back, you know, a little bit of a different team, like my five New York times were exactly, I just say exactly 99% the same team. And believe me, you need an accountant that knows marketing on your team. And you're going to say, well, why would I need that? Well, I'll just give you a little clue on the New York uh, Times side. Because you have to deliver books to addresses, somebody has to go through when it gets closer to the launch date and call everybody, text everybody, come up with a confirm your address platform on a landing page. Because if those books get you know sent to a wrong address, that book doesn't count. And what you're going to learn on the big side of like a New York Times level, every book counts. So it can't get sent back. And all of that needs to be put in accounting properly. It needs to be tracked through your database properly. So when you have like my Yes Energy book, I sold 55,000 copies. Can you imagine to have to verify 55,000 home addresses around the world yeah. to make sure the damn books landed on time in their house? <laughs> like, yeah. It is probably so worked all in the United States either. Oh, no, 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 no. I had huge clientele in Australia and then I had a big group in Hong Kong. So you had to come up with shipping centers. And I'm not saying all this to scare people. I'm just having a reality conversation of, yeah, you want to go for it. I mean, I leaned on Sharon Lecter a lot. I always do. So have somebody, and I don't care how much you've got to pay them, but you better have somebody who's done this before and yeah. go out there blindly. And the other thing about Yes Energy, it was pre-Amazon days. So the, the variables I'm dealing with and my team will be dealing with is like in 2012 was my last, you know, bestseller. So that's, I mean, that's a long time ago because there was only what, like 370 something thousand authors that hit that year. It used to be a big damn deal to be an author, a huge deal. And then an ultra deal if you hit, you know, the New York Times list. And then like Yes Energy, I hit all 11 bestselling platforms. I was a Publishers Weekly. I was every bestseller. But it took an entire team. It took a lot of experience. And today, like this year in 2018, I think they're predicting over 4 million authors. So it's a different game. It is. Everybody's an author. Everybody should have a book. A book is now a brochure. A book is your website. It's your homepage. But like the distinctive, I'm going to say the distinctions about how and why to be a best-selling author mm-hmm. better have a big cause because it's going to cost a lot of money. And at the end of the day, the books are, you might make a couple bucks on the book. So it isn't even about the book, really. You better have that a post-launch plan to recover 
the amount of money and really a year of your life that, to launch a proper book. Yeah. So Chris is asking, what would you tell someone who's just starting out to get going out of the gate quickly? In what business or writing a book? Let's talk about writing a book. Well, so here's exactly what I tell people. Come up with some different ideas. And I teach a process, as you know, it's called Ask, Tell, Ask. Say, so here's what be, is my talk track around the, the green rush. So I am entered a contract to go write a book. I always do that collaboratively. So it's going to be in the marijuana and the green rush space on how people can become millionaires and be involved. So if I was going to write that book, what would you want to know about? I go out on a focus group, exactly what I said earlier, and I get input. I want a lot of input. I want to know every idea on the planet in a range. And I get it also from around the world. I want to know what the Australians want to hear about. I want to know what people in Slovenia want to know about. I want to know what people in Africa want to know about. And then we gather that all up, then start formulating the content. Once you're there, like I know the content, this one's going to be a little different because we're really writing it for the the miracle of the medicine is really going to be a large part of the, the book because it's just curing more stuff. And I grew up in Nebraska, so I still have a family that's like, oh my God, my sister's doing drugs. My daughter's doing drugs. I said, I'm not doing drugs. I'm growing them. And by the way, they're not drugs. Like it's all that stuff's got to get out of everybody's way. My point is I would focus group. And then once we have enough of the outline, which is where we are today in my next meeting, we have kind of an idea of the 10 chapters. Then what I'm going to do, because it's going to be a more interview style, because I'll be interviewing just extraordinary doctors around medicine and all that, is I'm going to be doing interviews. So I record my books. If it's just my content, what I would do is just what we're doing today. I like plug in log on and I start talking. I think the faster you talk and or be interviewed, more creative ideas get generated. Um, just to sit and type is the biggest mistake I think an author does. And I think too many people have a weird thing about using ghost writers. I'm going to say ghost editors because I'm actually talking my books and then editors that actually know how to grammatically formulate what I say. Well, that's their job. That's not my job. My job is to get amazing freaking content out yeah. And let somebody else make it look amazing yeah. and, it and look sexy. The other thing, too, don't worry about the damn title. Like our working title was Marijuana Millionaires. That's the contract. But now that Google and Facebook won't let us use the word, we had to turn it to Green Rush. In a year, I, who knows? It could be federally legal and go back to marijuana. So don't worry about the title or the cover or any of that stuff. Just get to the richest content that the most people want to know about. And then don't tell them what you're writing. You tease them about what you're writing and you get them excited about what you're doing to get them to do a pre-order. You've got to do pre-orders. Absolutely. And if that title ends up somehow not working, you can go with something like Cannabis Cash Cow. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Have a green cow on the cover. I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) but yeah, absolutely. That is. Yeah. I, I have a company for years, right? Called Green Money Enterprises. And who knew that it's actually going to be used for green money? Like it's that's, brilliant. That's the the lead. So it may be that it might that actually the, the name of that company, which I haven't really used a lot, it was more of a real estate company forever. Now it has nothing in it. I, it may be that. Like yeah. my point is, don't worry about that. Get to the content. Make sure people are like salivating to want to understand it, and know about it. And the other thing, like with us, we're going to have a lot of cannabis tours. So for people to pre-buy. They can come out to Hawthorne. We're having a huge launch of a greenhouse. Like I'm going to give them so much high value of just cool stuff. I'm going to put them in a drawing for a ride on my King Air on the plane. I'm just going to do cool stuff. So there's just so much excitement around the conversation that people want to buy it. And they keep telling everybody about it. So your content and marketing, if you're hearing it, are critical. 
I think the mistake in content, because you're probably hearing, like I said, don't worry about the content. Is Now I'm saying it's critical. It's got to be damn good, like really good content. But you can't like mull over it forever. Like, you know what I mean? You can't analyze it to pieces. You know exactly what I'm talking about, Brian, because you see writers, they got a book half done for five years. Well, just finish it. You know what? And here's the other thing to beginner or authors. And I learned this later on, because once you start unloading content, meaning you just have a lot of knowledge, don't wait for the perfect book, do your best with the knowledge you have. And guess what? You're going to get more. But I always say, you know, spiritually, people say, why do you have so much content all the time? Because I deliver it. I don't store it up for some big day for one book. I just give the content. I just like, you know, I must this little vessel of my content just comes and it comes and it comes. But because I'm sharing it and I'm helping other people with the content I have. So watch that you're not waiting to make the perfect book because it won't ever be perfect. It's going to be as good as it is for today. Like I know already, like when I wrote my Girl of Wealth book with Jay Conrad Levinson, I look back at that book. Oh my God, that was about 15 years ago. I die laughing. I'm thinking, oh my God, I was so immature with money, but it was the best I knew then, right? It was the best I knew. And then when I wrote The Millionaire Maker, but knowing now what it takes to be and sustain and live through 2008 as a millionaire, knowing what I know now, I would have wrote it differently. It's still my best selling book. It's still off the charts content. And, you know, do your best. Three years from now, I'm going to look at this Green Rush Millionaire book I'm writing that'll come out in 19. And I'll be like, oh my God, like, really? That's what I had to say? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's all a progression. And sometimes people will have a second edition or a third edition because they're adding stuff that they know now that they didn't know before. We had an interesting question. The idea of a ghost editor was very intriguing to uh, one of our attendees. How would you go about promoting that as a service if someone wanted to be a, a ghost editor for somebody? Well, first of all, uh, notice I changed the name because there's a lot of ghost writers. Yes. But to be a ghost editor allows the author to feel like I think there's some authors who say, Oh, I just can't use a ghostwriter because you know it's gotta be it's gotta remain in my voice. I said it is my voice, just scripted into better sentences in better sentence form. So A, I like the title of an editor because it keeps the authorship with me, which is the truth and the content came from me. And how to go about promoting it, I go like there's a huge organization that I don't think enough people use. It's called the Virtual Assistant Association. And there's like over oh, yeah. fifty thousand members. I'd promote it there. I would just start. I mean, I would just, I would go out. I go to a lot of those online sites where you can promote yourself. The other place to go if you can figure out how to do it is create space. I mean, if Amazon d- does, I mean, they do tons of things right. But I'll tell you, getting authors done through create space is pretty cool. And if you could become a preferred partner, like where they would refer you, right, where they would refer to you, just like they do for the logo design folks and stuff like that, you kill it. So I think you're going to have to figure out how to market yourself. And then you, your your biggest problem in those categories of doing business, and you know this, Brian, doing what you do too, is duplicating yourself. Absolutely. Really yeah. tough to find somebody as, I'm going to say, as good as you become. And then what I would say is get a bunch of junior editors, right? And like journalism interns, let them do the first run. And then you come back through and you do your masterpiece um, of the the writing on top, you know, the the editing. Okay. So talk about virtual assistants because that's so critical. I used to have a virtual assistant that I would have transcribe my shows and then I found out that Rev was cheaper. And so I let them do it. (laughs) But sourcing things out, that's a critical piece to, to building your business, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And where would, you, where would you find a virtual assistant? I mean, where, where, where would you find the best ones? 
Well, I think, you know, it's funny because I actually got a very high level client just hired me to help her leave a very high level executive job and become a very high level executive virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. So her skill set is so tactical. Like she knows how to do marketing. She's logistics. She knows how to do a lot of stuff. Those kind of people, I think, you know, I told her and it's going to cost a little more, but I think for her to go on site, like to come to your office and work with you for a couple of days to really get how you work and set up systems around you, then she could go be virtual. That's my preference. Now, do I have some people that my tech teams use in the Philippines and do all that? Yes. And I shouldn't say you get what you pay for because some people have extraordinary success, but I think it depends what you need. Like if you just need a project done, but if you need support for your life, I keep mine close. I keep mine very close. I mean, to the degree if they like, you know, I've had like one of mine lives in LA. I mean, if she's got to fly to Tahoe, I can get her on a plane in a day. I think it depends what you need. How do you find them? Go to a virtual, you know, just look it up online. Look it up locally. There's thousands and thousands of them. I think a lot of the mistakes for beginners, if you haven't really used one before, just like hiring anybody, you can't be that kind of entrepreneur that gets up in the morning and is like, well, what the heck am I going to do today? you got to be that person who's going to be what I call future pacing. You've got to be a month out. I'm already well into next year. I mean, way, way into next year because i got to organize teams around. So you're going to have to get way get in front of yourself, right? Because yeah. they can't just show up or show up online and say, okay, Brian, I'm here to work today. You're like, well, let me work on my stuff and I'll, you know, let you know what to do. So a lot of people say that the virtual assistants don't work. I would say you don't know how to manage them and, right. and organize yourself to use them. Right. Yeah. Cool. So I have another question. Uh, one of our attendees has written a book series and she's parlayed that into a coaching program and now she's saved $6,000 and she wants to invest in real estate. What are your suggestions? for how she should invest that in real estate. Yeah, very far. I would keep selling coaching. I mean, I would I would grow that quickly. So again, part of a post-launch, like when I do post-launches, usually within the first month, we'll do hundreds of thousands of, of dollars in mentoring and coaching packages from the book, right? So you need to get very aggressive about getting way more money than that. What I tell everybody about investing is partner with somebody who's already done it, just like the book, like to go out there randomly and say, I want to buy some real estate and you've never done it. First of all, you haven't even begun a launch of your book if you've only done 6,000. That number needs to be 600,000, right? I mean, the way that I coach people on books is uh, we're going to go make a million dollars just on the launch of this campaign of the book. So then we back into how do you do a million bucks? And that's a lot of sales. So right now I tell you to go get a sales team, at least one other person, two other people to help you sell the people who bought your book right? Go back and sell all those people. I get more money. And as far as real estate, I partner with people. I mean, I, that's what I do for a lot of people is they partner with me and my projects. So they understand and get a successful project under their belt. And then after you do three or four in a group, right, a successful group, then go out on your own if you want to go on your own. But I think what you'll find is if you're running a business and then you want to do investing, it's, it's a lot. So I always say like, get a team. So, and, and we'd love to have you, whoever you are, I can have you, um, can I just tell them to email somebody if they're interested? Yeah, absolutely. I think Christina was the, who, was the one who asked this question. But yeah, you can tell us to email somebody if you if you have an idea. Yeah. So if you're, I mean, interested in just a, a further conversation about how to do that, Brian, I got Brian on my side too, who does a lot of our initial you know, conversations with our folks. So it's B-R-I-A-N, Brian at liveoutloud.com. And just say, hey, I'm interested in just further conversation from our chat today. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So, Let's see, where, where do I want to go next? So many places I can go. I got one, yeah, one question because I got a whole team waiting. My little book oh, team. 
Okay. Fantastic. So your business was fully established before you wrote a book, but some people do it the other way around. They want to write a book in hopes of establishing a business. What's your perspective on that? I think, well, I mean, look, I always say, look at my results. I mean, we've had amazing, I mean, I don't know how many hundreds of millions we've made by doing it. I think that the business structure informs the book. Yeah. I think to build a business off the books boxes you in. So like regardless of books, I just did financial literacy coaching, right? I just started coaching and that informed the books because I got really good at it. Right. And I not only became a millionaire, I created a lot of millionaires, which then informed, let's go write the millionaire maker book and show people that there is a system and a very quick three to five year system to become a millionaire. So I think you build the business and the business informs the book. The book is just an extra platform launch to take it to another level and to give you ability. Because I think if you go book, you're really boxed into just what the damn book says. Yeah. And I think a lot of people write random books that have nothing to do with their business. And I think that's a complete waste of time. It is. Like bird watching. Why the hell would I write about bird watching? Like, that's just an interesting hobby of mine. It has nothing to do with the business of what we do. Yeah. And I, I love that you've said several times there is a purpose for, and there is a purpose for everything you do. I mean, you're very methodical about that. And I think not enough people are like that. You have to have a singular focus. Is this going to, and this is something I love about Sharon Lecker too. And I know that you and Sharon are very close. How can I use this to make money? Whether it's going on a trip, whether it's bird watching. I mean, if Sharon Lecter was going to go bird watching, she would find a way to make money doing it first before she just oh, did it. Oh, I know what we would do. We would make a bird watching company and we'd invite people to go along with us and we'd make it a business trip. We'd, we'd go out and see some birds. And while we're out there, probably go wine tasting and check out some real estate and write the whole thing off. So believe me, we would figure out how, you know, cause my, my kids are funny. My son's now 19. He was you know, off in college and it's so funny, like during this year of him graduating, leaving the house and you know, all that transition, you know, he was interviewed by quite a few people, you can imagine. And he's like, said, they said, what's the one thing you like kind of not regret, but wish you would have done? And he said, gone on a vacation, like done something around the world that didn't have my mom work for at least a day. And I was like, that was never going to happen. We've traveled the world intentionally. My kids have passports are, they've been everywhere multiple times, except for Antarctica. And I said that passports, because we put business trips everywhere. And so that was just funny to hear my son say, just take a vacation, like appear you were going somewhere and my mom's not working. And my husband says the same. He's like, honey, could we just go somewhere and you not like have an agenda to work somewhere? I said, no, no. And then we can't write it off. So no. <laughs> yeah. Listen, that's, I'm that's fine. Go to just met Laurel. I have tickets for you. I actually have a reading room. So the last thing I'll say is, when you get my reading room, it's what I do. Jay Abraham helped me come up with this idea. So you're going to get several of my books over there, and then you're going to download them. But what I did as a gift is I gave people a eight-week webinar. So when they got the book, then we read the book together. Now, not like dorky, like read page by page. I would say, so go read chapter one and two. And next week, we're going to talk about how do you put one and two in your life? Now, the next week, we're going to read chapter three and four, and then I'm going to tell you how to execute that in your life. So it was like I walked them through the millionaire maker. I walked them through how to have yes energy in your life. So that is one of the biggest bonuses that I've given. And even today, all of my students think those are like, because it's not just reading the book. It's explaining the book. How does the book change your life? And uh, you'll have my put more cash in your pocket reading room over there. So if you go to justmetlaurel.com, L-O-R-A-L, spell my name, right? And you all should have a Just Met page. I know there's a lot of people have, I have asked pages, but we made up the Just Met. And it's just an easy, as an author, way for people to go get a chapter, go get something from you. 
that just is an easy, it's an easy lead gen. I can tell you that. Yeah. So somebody's well, making an observation about your tremendous amount of energy. How much coffee do you drink a day? Oh, uh, I have a decaf when I first get up and then I have a tea and then I have one, one caffeinated. That's it. And I'm actually, That's my goal by the end of the year is to be totally off caffeinated coffee. There you go. Tell us once more how we can get with you, learn from you, try with you, vibe with you. Yeah, no kidding. And um, we just got a lot going on. Like we're doing tours. We're doing, so you can say, well, I've been around. We'd like me. I've been around the stuff we're doing. We're, we're doing CBD distributorships. We're deep in, like I said, the cannabis space. So you can email Brian, B-R-I-A-N at liveoutloud.com. Ask for an appointment just to get more involved. Uh, but go to justmetlaurel.com. You get a whole bunch of gifts. You get a free ticket. I would say if you're serious about learning this money stuff, you've got less than 31 days. Actually, I would say you have less than that. You have about 25 days because the way Christmas and uh, New Year's falls, if you're going to get serious, like you're going to have to get some legal things done by the end of the year or 2018 is just another blown year. Yeah. And and actually for, for everyone, the, the affiliate link on that, which which links to me is brianknkwright.com forward slash Laurel. That way, Laurel knows that you came to her through this. So brianknkwright.com forward slash Laurel. Any final thoughts before we before we go, Laurel? Don't let 2018 slip away. I mean, I, I know I always talk about money, but the tax code is enormous. And if you're serious about getting rich, you got to do it. I'm not telling you like to sell you anything. I'm just telling you better get your stuff together because awesome. I just hear over and over and over. And Brian, you hear it too. People say they want to get rich and they do nothing that looks like it. So yeah. let me help you figure out how this year can get saved and you'll make a lot more money. Absolutely. Thank you, Laurel, so much for being here. It was an honor and a privilege to talk to you once again. And thanks for delivering such great value for my audience. Always. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmeyer, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth-building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.